AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, here we go. Fred Rogan, Jonas Knox in today for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. So I want to show up today and hit a few dingers. You know that's how I roll. Yeah. When I work with you, want to wake up, get to the studio, hit a few dingers. Yeah, and not get fired. And not get fired. Yes. I don't know why it is working with you. I always seem closer to that than with anybody else. <laughs> what a, I, I don't know why that is. I, one of the best uh, compliments I ever got was from uh, Mike Harmon. Uh, you know Mike Harmon from uh, Fox Sports Radio. Where's uh, a hat? Yeah, he wears a hat. Uh, he wears a fedora, and he makes it look damn good at yep. that. And uh, and he's done, uh, I know, some shows here on AM570 LA Sports, but he told me one time, he's like, you have this unique ability to get the worst out of anybody you're around. Yeah, you do. And I said, you know what? Thank you. That, that that makes me feel good. So, yeah, that, that, that's a good feeling to know, Fred, that I can bring out the worst in people. Yeah, that, right, that, that was a moniker that I carried for many years until I met you. Yeah, and then you would just handed it on to me. We just we just go right on down the line. That's fine. So Listen, for, nothing wrong with that, Fred. There's worse things to, to be attributed to uh, than, uh, than bringing out the absolute worst in people. All right, well, let's see if we do that today. Uh, <laughs> we got a big show today, three hours, a lot to get to. Let's start with this. Shohei Otani uh, in a home run derby last night. Gets knocked out in the first round. It was quite the first round. Went into extras. And uh, Juan Soto just had too much, which exhausted him. And Pete Alonso went on to win it. Uh, but for Otani, I think he did a very good job of representing himself, Jonas, nationally in the very first moment where some people ever got to see him. Would you agree? Yeah, and if you're going to go out early, don't you want to go out in a blaze of glory? Yeah. Like, like and, and he did. Like, he went out literally swinging and and was pretty gassed after his first run. I, I, I don't know if, you know, the the emotions, the anticipations, all that anticipation, rather, all that stuff got to him. But he was pretty gassed. So to see him go out the way that he did, it went into basically double overtime. They had a swing off with Soto. If you, if you were going to lose, your quote-unquote story of the home run derby, at least have him go out like that early on. Uh, yesterday, Stephen A. Smith made the comment that Shohei Otani could never be the face of baseball. And the reason he couldn't be the face of baseball was because he basically didn't speak the language and he had a translator. Well, yeah, you yeah. can't have that person as the face of baseball. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, Jonas? I mean, well, Fred. I mean, of, I mean, of course you can. I mean, look at Canelo Alvarez. He uh, faced a boxing, and oh, that's right. Uh, still, uh, you know, is still working on uh, English and all the other stuff. It just the whole thing doesn't it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it really doesn't. And there's it, there's one thing to just introduce somebody and have them be the face of baseball. But I'll ask you this. All right, since we're gonna play that game, who's more well known nationally r- right now, Shohei Otani or Mike Trout? Shohei Otani. Yes, and they're on the same team. And Mike Trout speaks perfect English and is a diehard Eagles fan and loves to watching the Weather Channel and storm trace, uh, chasing shows and all the other things that are Americana. So this idea that it can't work, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up at all. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., also one of the faces of baseball. Yes. 
it, it it's different now. I the argument he made yesterday, and initially when he now he's apologized, he walked it back, and he had to walk it back because it, it was not well thought out. But yeah, he can be the face of baseball. Uh, just because he uses a translator doesn't mean people aren't interested in him, want to see him play. Colin made the argument earlier, he's better than Babe Ruth ever was. I, I can't make that determination. I, I don't know that. You know, I, I'm sorry, Colin, I can't sit here and say, well, he's better than Babe Ruth. I don't know. That is a spicy take. That's not even hot. That, 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 that's Serrano pepper and a chili cook-off hot is what that is. That's uh, All right, well, listen, I mean, you know, go for it if you're going to do it. Why not? Don't sit the fence. Let's roll. He, he certainly, though, has captured the imagination of the country, and he's pitching tonight. He'll start for the American League. Keith Cash said it best. The fans want to see him, and I want to see him. Since I want to see him, and I'm the manager, he's pitching. I like that. I hope he has a good outing, though. That I will say, Jonas. I hope he has a good outing. Yeah, I hope he has a good outing, too, because I I, I don't want people to start all of a sudden uh, going, well, you know, of course, you get this guy on a big stage, and uh, he struggled in the home run derby, and then he struggles uh, here at the All-Star game. The one thing I would ask you, are you not a little bit, con- I don't want to say concerned, but a little bit interested to now see what he does the second half of the year? Because we've heard players talk about this in the past. I think most notably, Kyle Schwarber, of the Nationals, who was formerly of the Cubs, mentioned this pretty recently to where he was a part of a home run derby a couple of years ago, right. and and he came out and said that it kind of threw him off a little bit. That, that it sort of, it, it, I don't know if it messed with his swing or just got him in, into, you know, uh, starting up bad habits. Whatever the case may be, Kyle Schwarber talked about the fact that after the All-Star break, because he participated in the Home Run Derby, it got him into some bad habits. And I just, I just wonder, Otani's dealt with the injuries before. Um, you know, he's, he, this is him trying to, you know, make an impact on the game. Uh, he's the talk of baseball right now. Everybody wants Shohei Otani. He's, he's the storyline. I actually think Stephen A. Smith's criticism, um, is only going to help him, to be honest with you. I think people are going to look at that and go, well, let's give this guy a look and see what, you know, what all this talk is about and give this guy more of a chance than maybe they would have before. I just wonder if there's going to be some wear and tear on Shohei Otani that's going to linger into the second half of the season. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. And if there is, it's just the exact worst time because now people will really take notice of it. Exactly. And now people will jump to conclusions and say, oh, see, yeah, you guys were talking this guy up, and here he does. He gets on the big stage at the All-Star game, which is an exhibition, and now he's struggling after the fact. So I hope he comes out. I hope he plays really, really well later on tonight, uh, and, and I hope that he has a successful back end of the season because I do think there's an opportunity to, to use him to sort of catapult not only – parts of this market but also his brand and you know his uh, the people he represents as well too were you a little bit annoyed or or did you enjoy the show that pete alonzo put on the guy that won it from the mets like i said yesterday yeah who's in the derby the mets guy yeah, a bit over the top. Yeah, a little bit over the top, yeah, right? Dancing, a, moving around like it, that. It, it, it looks like a guy who really, really enjoys winning the home run derby. And that's fine. Uh, it, every That is all good. We are fine with that. He can enjoy winning the home run derby all he wants. But just, I mean, when he's doing the, the di- discount double check, uh, you know, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers crap. Like, and, he, and by the way, can we give credit where credit is due? And this pisses me off, and nobody ever wants to get this right. Aaron Rodgers didn't come up with a discount double check you know who did somebody who's very well known in the southern california area Ooh. freddie mitchell remember freddie mitchell freddie former mitchell. ucla wide receiver played yeah. with the eagles he's the guy who
who came up with the championship belt wrap around his waist, but Aaron Rodgers gets all the love for it. He stole it from Freddie Mitchell, and they need to properly attribute that celebration to Freddie Mitchell. And so Pete Alonso last night, he didn't steal from Aaron Rodgers. He stole from Fred X himself, Freddie Mitchell, former UCLA Bruin. Well, I've got a Freddie Mitchell story. Well, here we go. What's that, Fred? Oh, yeah. Look, now Kevin's turning around. You want to hear the Freddie Mitchell story? I'm intrigued. Here we go. Okay, you may have heard the Freddie Mitchell story. Okay, I don't remember it. All right, so the Lakers won the NBA Finals, right? In Philadelphia. They beat the 76ers. And we used to do the post-game shows. NBC had the package. So, And back then, they didn't have these network post-game shows and all this stuff. Back then, it's like the network wrapped it up and you took it immediately. So we had a huge audience, and we were lucky. We were there in this incredible run. And that's when Kobe Bryant was walking by with the national media holding the trophy sauce, came right over. Didn't do his ESPN obligation, didn't do his national obligations, because he wanted to come over and, and talk to the local people. It, right. it was really cool. So anyway, we're standing in the hallway, and there's Freddie Mitchell. He's just off to the side, and he's watching us. Okay, as you look over your shoulder, I would say about 50 feet away, the late Farrah Fawcett. You remember Farrah Fawcett? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Farrah Fawcett takes a running start. Had to be 50 feet. And she is moving full speed. And she is heading right for Freddie Mitchell. And she leaps into the air, grabs Freddie Mitchell, wraps his arm around his, wraps her arms around him, her legs around him, and starts grinding him right there in the hallway. Wow. And I saw that. Wow. I thought, wow, Freddie. Farrah Fawcett and Freddie Mitchell? Now, I don't know what was going on. But I'll tell you one thing, they knew each other. I'll yeah. That. That's like, uh, wasn't Baron Davis, didn't he, uh, wasn't he fooling around with um, uh, Penny Marshall or something like that? Okay, no. Okay. I would who, hope not. No. no. Listen, no, I'm not making that up. Like, Baron Davis was 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 seen with uh, with with a woman uh, who was well-known in Hollywood, uh, but she was, you know, significantly older than him not that long ago. I'm it, telling you, like that's that's a real thing. You guys didn't know that. Come on, Fred. I'm, I'm. Listen, my buddies at TMZ, we got it all dialed in. It's all dialed in. Look up Baron Davis at seen out with a celebrity. I'm telling you, that there was a big name celebrity, a, an actress that he was with. It was not Penny Marshall. Who was it? I don't know. All right, can, we need good confirmation. There was a picture of them kissing, uh, or early in the morning uh, somewhere out in public. Kevin, Just are you going to look it up? I'll look it up, but I'm actually. Find it interesting that you didn't take the camera away from Kobe Bryant and focus it on Freddie Mitchell and try to interview him instead and have that be the lead for sports that night for Channel 4. Well, the reason... seemed right up your alley. Wow. Yeah. The, the, wow. The reason was... Nothing like getting produced after the fact, huh, Fred? Yeah, no, the reason feel? was. Yeah, I mean, how'd that feel, Fred? Oh, wait a minute. We have an update. Yeah. We have an update. Here we go. The woman that Baron Davis... Was allegedly seen kissing in the morning. Yeah, Lauren Dern. Okay, so uh, so I want to apologize to Penny Marshall. My my Laura, Laura, Dern. Laura, yeah, I, Laura I Dern. the streams. Yeah, no Laura, Laura not Lauren. No, I was yeah. texted Lauren, so that's somebody you don't really know. No, that's no, Lauren. No, woman that lives in sure, Santa Monica. No, I'm pretty sure it was Laura. No, I just know Lauren Dern. I think she lives down in Playa Vista. Walks along the beach in the morning. The daughter of Bruce Dern. Hey, but but okay, I at least got it. It you know an an actress who was older than Baron Davis that he was seen with. So that's why when you bring up you know Freddie. Mitchell, Fred X, uh, with um, yeah, like that, yeah, that uh, that Fred is showing me on on the on the phone right now. Uh, he's showing me right now. I can see that, Fred. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, although you swiped one picture over, I didn't need to see that. I don't know why you sent me that. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Fred, what are we talking about here? Just because you got eleven fingers doesn't mean you got to show them off all the time. <laughs> Isn't that weird? 
Isn't that weird, people? Remember Antonio Alfonseca? Yes. Yeah. The Marlins pitcher? Yeah, he had, what, he had like eight S- fingers? No, he had six. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, round up. You yeah, know, you round up at that yeah. point. What do you think that did to uh, his ability, his I, I control? Mean, okay, if you're throwing a circle change okay. and you want to get as much action on the ball as possible, yeah. the fact that he's got basically a scuba shoe on his hand, on yeah. his wrist, yeah. to be able to get a little bit extra spin, I think has got to, to give him some sort of an advantage. Had to have. Six-finger Fonseca. You ever meet a guy with six fingers, shake his hand? No. Is it like the Princess Bride, uh, that guy who had uh, six fingers, <laughs> who, uh, who killed uh, uh, something Montoya's dad? You killed my father, you son of a bee? Yeah. Like, is that that guy? That guy had six fingers. I actually think that um, that guy was a mock on Antonio Alfonseca. You think? Yeah, that's what I think. It, Ma- yeah, Mandy Patinkin was the guy who killed the dude with six yeah, fingers yeah, in yeah, Princess yeah. Bride. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you have six fingers or know somebody that does, call us. I'd like to know. Why are you laughing? I'd like to know. Does it make things easier or more difficult at yeah, times? How do you seriously. wear a glove? Yeah, that's a good point. How do you wear a glove? Right, you don't. Yeah. Now right? you gotta you gotta wear a mitten, and it's gotta be one of those mittens that's got no uh, individual fingers. Well, like let me ask a, like you this. Like an oven mitten. Let, let me ask you this: Would you rather have one extra finger or one less finger? Fair question. That's a real question, is what that is. That's a fair question. Yeah. I'm going with, I think more is always better. I do, too. I'll go more. I'll have have the extra finger instead of loss of a finger. Just ask yourself this. If you want to make this easy on yourself, just think about it like this. Would you rather be Antonio Alfonseca or would you rather be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? You You got choices here. All right, you can be Alfonseca and get a major league contract and make make millions of dollars, or you can live in a sewer. I mean, we have a human test subject already playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Pierre-Paul. Clearly, better player after having three fingers as opposed to five. Just won a championship. Good that answers God. the question for me. Oh, is it too soon, Jonas? Oh, my, my bad. God. Can I, now, you listen, it's uh, right you, after the 4th of July. I think it's great timing. He had I another mean, PSA oh, this year. Jeez. <laughs> Kev, I mean, you know I, that, that insults me, all right? I take a great offense to things like that. So the fact that you would go there uh, with Jason Pierre-Pauls, that's unbelievable. How would he do that, Fred? Well, my I, apologies to JPP. Yeah. I think he's fine, though. He's doing okay. Yeah. Right. How's he smoke a cigar? I don't know. Or grab a fork. <laughs> another another fair question. Or give somebody the bird. Well, I think that finger exists. But if, think about it this way, though. If you had the extra finger, yeah. you technically can't give anybody the middle finger because you don't have one. Because now point. you're at six. Yeah, right. So the third is in between the three and the four. So what do you do? The Vulcan thing. You just put your hand up like this. Yeah. Like you in know Star what? Trek. I'd like to retract. I would like to retract my earlier uh, statement. I would rather have one less finger. or I'd rather have let. No, I, I just need odd number fingers. I need a middle finger. I need that as an option. I gave somebody the middle finger recently, Fred. No, you didn't. Straight up bird. At your yeah, age? Right, I did. At your age. 100%. And here's the thing. I can do it at my age as long as I don't stick my thumb out. If you stick your thumb out you all of a sudden lose credibility as somebody being able to, to, to flip the bird. Why would like you stick this. your thumb out? Okay, because doesn't this look a little bit you know immature when you stick your thumb out like this, Fred? Like, I'm flipping you off right now. That looks immature. By the way, right? he is. Yeah, okay. This, though, this looks better. Yeah, that right there. right. Yeah, right there. Like, th- like when you flip your thumb out, it looks like one of those PKE meters they used in Ghostbusters to see if there was a, you know, nice. a paranormal activity. <laughs> nice in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, everybody, just stick your finger out in front of yourself when you're giving somebody the bird. It looks like a PKE meter from Ghostbusters. What would cause you to give the bird? Uh, somebody just cut me off in traffic and it pissed me off. I, I just I can't handle it. Uh, people are people are just dumb. They're dumb when they drive, and I, I don't get it. Yeah, people it, make mistakes. 
Yeah. People make mistakes. Cool. And but, I've got a, I got a middle finger for a reason. Okay, fine. What about the time I was hit and drove through the apartment building wall? Was that my fault? <laughs> Wait, what? Come again? Okay. What about the time that in the rain I spun around and crashed into the center divider on the freeway? Is that my fault? <laughs> Hold on a second. You can't bury the lead here. What do How you about mean the you time? Wait a minute. What about the time the scaffolding truck hit me and ripped off my mirror when I was driving kids to school? Am I to blame for that? Okay, no, but you drove into a building? Okay, things happen. No, Fred, things don't happen. You don't drive into sides of buildings. What are you talking about? Or run into center dividers just for no reason. And I spun around. And okay. when I did that, uh, all of the instruments on the dashboard started to light up. I thought it was on a rocket ship. It was really cool. You know what I did? I turned that car around and drove right to work. Granted, that was the last time I drove that car. Good for you. It's like uh, like Whiplash, where he gets in that accident and still shows up to play drums. So you're the guy that pulled up in the parking lot and the hood falls off of the car. I was going to stop it. You know what? One night I was leaving this building right across the street, NBC. Yep. Driving along. Up. Uh, Olive here? Alameda. Alameda. Okay. Alameda. Guy ran a red light, T-boned me, almost crashed me into a, a light pole over there by the, uh, the gas station. Know what? Six inches later, six inches more, could have been curtains for me. <laughs> I thought we were going a different direction there. Hey, now. <laughs> I, uh, I got out of that car. It was fine. You know, a lot of traffic accidents there, Fred. People call me the, they call me the, the mobile assassin. <laughs> I love the you're skepticism. You're like a cat, Fred. You got nine lives. By the way, I love the skepticism in Ronnie and Kevin's voice. Oh. Just like, well, yeah, Fred. Okay, sure thing, pal. Like, uh, you know, they, we we just want the the truth here, Fred. We're not we're not looking for you to you oh, know no. tell stories. Fred is the a, truth. Fred is Bruce Willis uh, from that movie. What was it the Mister Glass movie? What was the yeah. name of it? Unbreakable. <laughs> Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter what happened to Fred. He's fine. Yeah, he's going to be doing security at uh, you know a football game. <laughs> That's why yeah. he walks to work yeah. a lot at the new USFL <laughs> game. Fred wearing the security jacket. That's him. <laughs> 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 so after I got into the uh, the accident where the guy ran the red light, I went to the doctor. I went like two weeks later. I said, you know, I got to be honest with you. I mean, the car was totaled. I said, I got to be honest with you. I got a, I got a little pain. He goes, oh, yeah, you should. You should be in a neck brace. And I went, oh, my God, really? Because, yeah, this is pretty bad. So then I had this giant neck brace. And I was walking around. And he goes, listen. Whatever you do, make sure you wear it on TV. Because then if you sue the guy, people will know you were really hurt. I said, I'm not wearing a neck brace on TV. I'm not going to do it. Uh, the, the one real bad accident I was in, I remember my uh, my uh, buddy who was in the car with me. Um, you know, because it's chaos. I mean, you know, T-boned in an intersection, all, all the things that are going on, cars destroyed, I'm bleeding from the head, all this is happening. But I remember seeing my buddy holding his neck when he got out of the car. And... And, you know, just the scene was all chaotic. But I remember later on, I, I said, oh, hey, how's your neck? He goes, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, how's your neck? He goes, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, you were holding your neck when you got out of the car. He goes, oh, no, my mom told me when I was younger, if I ever got in an accident, even if my neck doesn't hurt, just grab it when you get out of the car. I was like, okay. All right, we're off. <laughs> <laughs> we're off. Survive the first 20 minutes. Let's see what happens. Uh, oh, God, this ought to be just delightful. This is going to be good. Two guys that know each other, well, three guys that know each other fairly well, and two that really know each other well. Oh, man. The third member of that group will join us next. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Bogan and Rodney. Thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah. Travel down the road and back again. Good friend of the show. Good friend of Jonas Knox. Good friend of mine. Joining us. Oh, man. 
I know. From the All-Star Game at Coors Field in Denver. Selling his goods on the street. We welcome on a member of the Professional Baseball Writers Association of America and one half of the odd couple heard on Fox Sports Radio. It is our dear friend Rob Parker. Rob, how are you today? I am doing just great. What's happening, Fred, Jonas? How's everybody doing back in Los Angeles? Hello, Robert. How you doing? What's up? Hey. You know I'm Jack because it's the All-Star game tonight, and it's the only All-Star game that matters. All the other ones are hot garbage, so I'm excited about it. <laughs> okay. Well, good you're there, Rob. At least you convinced somebody to send you. That's fine. So sell hey, it big time. MLBbro.com. Don't disrespect Fred Rogan. How could That's you? right. They're sending me. That's right. Yeah. Out of MLBbro.com's uh, dime. Or yep. at least nickel. I think that's all we have right now. <laughs> exactly. So you took the train, but you're there. All right, Rob. Uh, so Shohei Otani last night goes out in the first round of the All-Star game. Going in tonight, is he the story? He's the story again. And and obviously he's starting uh, for the American League and batting first. And I think everybody will be focused, too, on the matchup against him and Tatis when Tatis bats who's leading off for the National League. So I think that's going to be electric. Uh, the crowd last night was awesome in Denver. And Shohei last night, despite getting knocked out, you know, was extra sessions. And then they had a swing off at the end. So he lost and got knocked out. Everybody thought he was going to win. You remember all the talk. Maybe he might hit one totally out of course field with the altitude here. But he still won. I mean, people were into Shohei Otani. Uh, there's no other way to put it. I don't know, television-wise, you guys were watching. What did it feel like on, on television? No, it was awesome. Uh, just the whole buzz. And, and I was trying to figure out if, if it's because it was gone for a year. Maybe I think people just missed it more than they realized, or maybe it's a sense that we're getting back to some sort of normalcy. But it just felt like there was an, a renewed excitement for it. Um, I've, always, right. I've always felt it's better than the slam dunk contest. I, I don't think it's close. I just think it's a better product on television. Um, and, and, and there was a lot of people who maybe had fatigue for a little while that I think have a new appreciation for what they got to see because it felt like we were back to some sort of normalcy because it was off for a year. Yeah, I, I got the same feel. I think you're right. I think people missed it. And sometimes, you know, you know, you take things for granted because it's every year or whatever. And, uh, and then I think the Shohei uh, show was something that people were looking for. And then Soto, you know, joined in and put on some show. Uh, obviously, um, was anticlimactic as far as the finals. It didn't matter. I think people got a good show last night. Uh, what are the other stories, at least for us in Los Angeles, the Dodgers, uh, five players there, actually talked about Trevor Bauer. And they all took the same approach. I don't know if you had a chance to ask anybody about it, Rob, but they all took the same approach. We're moving forward. Yeah, and they, they didn't condemn him. They just said they're moving forward now, and there's nothing else to say. When they say that, what does that say to you? That says to me that he's not going to be their teammate. That, that, that I, I, you know, Fred, we talked about this, and, and Jonas, you know, too. You know, I don't know once details, it's, it's his private life, but once they become public, yeah. you know, and people, it's, it's like the Donald Sterling thing. You could say, like, a million things in your own home, right, to your loved ones or people who you are family or whatever. But once other people outside of that hear that tape, 
you know, Donald Sterling was a longtime owner, and then all of a sudden, right, next thing you know, this guy's out of the NBA and forced to sell. I know he made a windfall, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it changes everything. And I don't know if people can look at Trevor Bauer the same way after knowing the details, whether they're criminal charges or not. And I think that's where the Dodgers are. When they canceled his bobblehead night in August and took all of his merchandise and his jersey and everything down from their website and out of their stores, I I don't know what other message that could send other than we're moving forward. Uh, Rob, speaking of jerseys, you're there in Denver right now. What's the most prevalent jersey you see being worn? Like, who's the player most people are rocking right now this week, uh, the the past couple of days in Colorado? You see Otani and you see Tatis. And I think those are the two players. Obviously, there's a lot of local, you know, wearing, uh, you know, if they're locals who are wearing uh, story jerseys or player, former players from the Rockies, you know, old jerseys and stuff. But, I mean, other than that, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Tatis and I'm seeing Otani. You know, talking about Otani, uh, we, we talked earlier about Stephen A. Smith's thoughts yesterday that Otani, and he walked it back. And you know Stephen very well, Rob. Uh, yes. He, he walked it back and said, look, I, I shouldn't have said that. That Otani couldn't have been the face of baseball because he doesn't speak the language, basically. He needs a translator. Uh, can Otani be the face of baseball? Sure he can. His talent, if, if you have the talent, it can overcome. We've had a lot of great, uh, especially in baseball, athletes who didn't speak the language well, but their talent transcends that. And I think that that's what I saw last night with Otani and people chanting his name. Here he is on the biggest stage, on the biggest night, you know, when everybody's focusing on baseball. And fans didn't care. They still chanted his name because they wanted to see him hit the ball out of the stadium. And I think we saw that with Ichiro, who came here from Japan. If you remember, he was the rookie of the year and the MVP in the same first season, 2001. Did people in New York not like Hideki Matsui, the guy who won a World Series, was World Series MVP in 2009. So if you can play, I think, I think people aren't caught up in that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was just a misfortune, a misfortune by Steve to, to say something like that because I don't think that's where people are. I think people can appreciate somebody being different, uh, being from a different place, maybe not speaking the same language, but – but I think uh, we can all appreciate someone's talent and, and, uh, and their uh, effort and their hard work. And I think that's what Shohei, because you know what? He's come as advertised and he's lived up to it. Uh, you know, when people first talked about him, you know, people were like, yeah, right, this guy's going to pitch and hit home runs. And he's done nothing but that. Yeah, when I heard the comments, uh, Rob, uh, you know, it's it's the old adage I came up with years ago. I don't know if you heard it before. I said, no way, no how. I just I couldn't believe that uh, that Stephen A. Smith went there. Let me ask you this, though, because I can't believe we buried the lead. There's a former L.A. Clipper. All right, for fans listening here, I am 570 L.A. Sports. Uh-oh. We've got another L.A. tie. There's a former L.A. Clipper whose name popped up on a menu that you were recently at. You want to, uh, you want to give the details of this menu item that you noticed uh, recently, Rob? You mean, the, you mean the Lou Will Lemon Pepper Wings at Magic City in Atlanta where I was <laughs> prior to coming to Denver? By the way, (laughs) what a vacation. He goes from Magic City to Coors Field. What a vacation (laughs) for Rob Parker. (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable. 
And those wings, I'm telling you, when you go to Magic City, you don't have to partake in everything else going on there. The kitchen is A1. You just kind of get in line, order your food, and you could dip out. You know, you might want to take a little look around and see what else is happening. You know what I mean? Maybe a couple of dollar bills fell out of my pocket. You know, i got to put these young girls through college. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what they say, Rob. You know, go for the wings, stay for the thighs. You know, that's... Hey, uh, now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, I do want to tell you that I was doing my happy dance today when I had breakfast at IHOP because I caught their anniversary special Three pancakes for fifty-eight cents. So you know, I was well. I couldn't. I I, I couldn't wait pay myself. Wait a second. That's wait, a no, real wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. You actually paid fifty-eight cents for three pancakes. Fifty-eight cents for three pancakes. You know, I was trying to see if they could knock two cents off because I had my own syrup in my pocket, but <laughs> they weren't going for that. Well, so, so what you had to buy uh, two quarters and a dime and ask for change back? Like, like, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hey, Jonas, Jonas, yeah. tell the story of Rob and the, uh, what was it, Diet Coke? Tell that oh, story. Oh, God. Yeah, so Rob Parker, right next to the uh, to the Fox Sports Radio studios in Sherman Oaks is an El Pollo Loco. And it's really the only thing nearby. If you want to grab something to eat, it's either that, uh, there's a liquor store they always change the prices on, or Whole Foods. So your options are El Pollo Loco, uh, a, a Dusty Abba Zabba, or you can, go to, you can go to Whole Foods and pay $19 for a small salad. And we work in radio, so you know Whole Foods yeah. is considered Whole Paycheck to guys in radio we, we are not fred you do a lot of tv for guys that are strictly doing radio whole foods not an option so rob was like all right i'm gonna go over and get a diet coke from el pollo loco so he walked over to el pollo loco i went with him because we were doing a show together and the show was going to start soon so we walk over there and um he walks in and orders his diet coke and um the girl tells him the price. I'm not thinking anything. And it just the look on Rob's face changes. You know, almost as if like a ghost had just walked by him. And I and he says, uh, well, you know, yesterday it was this. And she goes, oh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. And she was very intimidated. She was, you know, sitting there probably, you know, not making a lot of money, just trying to, you know, really work hard and try and grow and build within the company. And Rob was, was upset about it. And it was like a difference of 12 cents that they had increased the price on the Diet Coke from the day prior. And Rob, <laughs> Rob looks around flustered looks at me looks at her and says i will never come back in here again this is the last time you'll see me in here again and she was mortified so he gets the diet coke he walks out i'm humiliated i'm embarrassed i don't know what to do and he said he looks at me as he's walking out he goes can you believe that i'm like which part? <laughs> what do you mean? Which part? And he's never and, been back. And, and I want you. And I want you to know I have not been back. It's, a, it's the principle of it. I, I love. I gotta have a fountain drink. I don't like the bottles. I like the fountain. And I'm like, you know, if we if Seven Eleven was near, they're selling that same drink for seventy nine cents, and they want like two seventy nine. At the chicken spot. I'm not doing it. And, and they had the nerve to raise the price. I was willing to pay the extra for the convenience. But once they raised the 12 cents, I'm out. Well, well, wait a minute. If you can get something for 79 cents and they're charging 279 somewhere else, why would you go to the 279? No, but it's the convenience. Like, yeah. like, like you said, it's right next to the studio. I can't get to 7-Eleven. 
you know what I mean, in time to get a drink, sometimes in the middle of the show. And so I, my options are limited. And they don't have fountain drinks at the liquor store and the mobile gas across the way. Uh, I don't trust anything inside there. So, so you, you, right. you, you got you to uh, know what you're doing. And so, yeah, the 12 cents was really the deal breaker for Rob Parker. I, I, once, I once had a ham sandwich from there that had a tail on it. So <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> Rob, look, I don't. We don't want to assume people think you're cheap. You're not cheap, are you, Rob? You're not a cheap guy. No, I'm not cheap. I'm just frugal, and I'd rather save my. Jonas knows this. Yeah. Fred, you do too. I I save my money for stuff that I really want. If I can get a deal, I just bought a pair of white Levi's uh, from Ross. They were uh, regularly sixty nine fifty. I paid six ninety nine for them. They were perfect, no issues whatsoever. So I just saved a bunch of money. I could they, use that for something else. They were sixty nine fifty. You paid six dollars and ninety five cents. Yeah, yes, I did. No lie. I have the. I'm gonna send you the video, Fred. No lie. Hey, Rob, Unbelievable white pants. Rob, did you go to a Ross dress for less in Denver? Of course, I went uh, there this morning after uh, bre- uh, after the IHOP. After I saved the fifty, I just paid fifty eight cents for breakfast. I had money to go to Ross, so I was good to go. So, you, did you hitchhike to get there? You obviously didn't pay for a car. You know, I walked. It's, it's, it's about a half a mile. I walked. So for, for I'm less, not paying. I'm, you know what they charge a lift to go a half a mile? It's ridiculous. I'm not so, doing that. So for less than ten dollars, Rob Parker <laughs> ate at IHOP and bought a pair of white jeans from Ross. And by the way, how about the fact that people are in Denver and they're they're really you know lining stuff up? Let's you know make sure all the people from out of town can check out all the tourist tra- attractions here. And Rob's at a Ross dress for less. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Hey Rob. Hey that's Rob, yes. When are we going to see the white pants on Twitter that you're now selling for twenty five fifty? From your closet. Yeah, those are coming after I take them to the cleaners. It'll be it'll be a deal. And you know what doesn't make any sense? He'll spend a bunch of money on shoes. Like shoes. Yes, he over it. he overspends on shoes and underspends on everything else. I think that's how you just you rationalize the amount of money you spend on shoes. But then he sells the shoes. When, yeah, after I wear them a while, but I just bought a new pair of Jordans, the ones that were called the Rookie of the Year. I'm not bragging. I'm just sharing with you guys. But I just bought a pair, and they were over seven hundred dollars. But they're sweet. They're they're beautiful. Like Rob, Rob, they're, who, you know, very hard to get come by. So so I'll pay seven hundred dollars for six ninety nine for pants if I could get a deal. Yeah, but Rob, who wants to wear your worn shoes? You wear them a couple of times and you sell them. Oh, a lot of people because they they're in great condition. They know I have a lot of shoes. They're not oftentimes, Fred, you can't even tell the difference that, that they were used because I've only, wore, I've only worn them two or three times. So, you know, it's like, a, it's like a new car. If you go to the dealer and get a car that has uh, 8,000 miles on it, it might be $15,000 cheaper. And, and really, is it really that big of a difference? No. Fred, uh, if you, do you know what he does when he goes to new places from out of town? What's he do? All right, Rob, uh, Rob t- tell him what you do for the maids when you go out of town. So, so sometimes I bring clothes that I'm ready to, to part with because I don't like to bring back dirty clothes. I'm not into bringing back dirty clothes and paying an extra bag fee to bring back clothes. So what I do is I'll uh, leave them there on the dresser, usually with a note for the maid or the help that says either please have these or donate them to somebody who needs them. So I just leave clothes behind. 
Yeah, you know, on the off chance you run across that six foot four inch maid, you know, cleaning your room, <laughs> who can who can fit into your jeans? The uh, the the, the thirty four forty jeans. Uh... <laughs> and 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 for the record, I do not leave uh, underclothes, okay, for people. So I do not leave underclothes. Those go in the garbage. Okay? Rob, I just want you to know. Rob, when you travel, you pack your clothes. You don't want to bring them back, so you simply leave them and throw your underwear out, and you come back with nothing. That's my backpack. That's all I want to come back yeah. with. He does. He doesn't want to have to pay for an extra bag, so he just leaves his clothes there and then goes to Ross and buys white jeans. Six ninety nine. Well, those will fit in my backpack, and it doesn't cost me anything extra. I'll oh. take those because those are a bargain. Hey, uh, didn't you wear a bunch of layers? You went to somewhere, and how many layers were you wearing on the plane? You, somewhere recent, I think last winter you traveled somewhere. Might have been New York, or it was, I yes, it was because Spirit wanted to charge me for another bag, so I had to consolidate. So I had to wear uh, four jackets and shirts onto the plane. <laughs> And somebody on the plane said, "said you look you look heavier in real life." <laughs> so he, he dressed like an astronaut just so he didn't have to pay for an extra bag. <laughs> oh, I've never met anybody that takes their clothes and just leaves them and says, "Take them." I don't want to pay to bring them back. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, well, this is great today, oh, Rob. Man. This is the best. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, Rob. I will absolutely do that. And make sure you guys watch. Watch the baseball All-Star game. It is the best All-Star game going. Yeah, All right, guys. Always a pleasure. All right, there he is. I love I, I've him. never heard that about him. He's, I'm telling you, man, like some of the conversations we would have during breaks of the show, and I'd be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, it just it was astonishing to me. How he wore four jackets? Four, four jackets. That's, that's four days' worth of, of clothing just so he didn't have to pay for an extra bag. <laughs> oh, Kieran Ichiban, a premium Japanese lager crafted to be rich, simple, bold, and authentic. Dedicated to ingredients, people, and flavor. For those who never compromise the pursuit of great taste. You ever laugh so hard you get a headache? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's mind-boggling what he will do to save a buck. All right. Uh, next hour, Bill Plasky will join us, and we'll also get into the new Rams jerseys. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon Delight. I think he might ask for the cash in exchange for the clash. That's right. If I hit right. cash at press today's okay afternoon delight. It's on site. Keto. Hit you with the right. My IDK. Take it life. This song appears on the 29-year-old's highly anticipated album entitled You See for Yourself. Which dropped last week. UK native sophomore project includes features from the likes of Young Thug. Jay Electronica. Offset. This particular track features Rico Nasty and Ray Schrummer, member Sway Lee. Ray Schrummer, member Sway Lee. Again, today's afternoon delight is Keto by IDK featuring Rico Nasty and Sway Lee. 
I'm glad we had some Sway Lee today. Seriously, Kevin. I'm glad we went with that. So you like Sway's solo uh, act and not Ray Shrimmer, the group? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of uh, Sway Solo. Gotcha. I call it the double S. I think Fred's more of a David Schwimmer. <laughs> sure, right. You call it a double S, huh, Fred? That's what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Gone, gone. No, never mind. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. Here he comes, our dear friend, huge fan of IDK, Jacob Emrani. <laughs> Jacob, how are you today? I'm doing great. I was just loving that jam going on over there, and you trying to say the titles correctly. <laughs> well, trying was the operative term. I don't think that was necessary to take a shot like that, Jake. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I don't understand. That's a compliment. You, you know, that was my vibe. That's how I vibe, and I think everybody pretty much knows it. As my kids say, fact. fact. I guess that's like the new word that's going on right now, and they make fun of me when I use it. So, yep, fact. Fact. Uh, all right, Jacob. So now we're hearing all kinds of talk about the Lakers again. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, will he be back? Montrez Harrell, possibly be gone. And since you are a partner of the Lakers and you know pretty much what's going on over there, how many of these guys are we going to see back? Is it just going to be LeBron, AD, KCP, and whoever else shows up? What's going to happen? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think, you know, some of these guys are showing how unhappy they were during the playoff run, and they obviously felt like they could contribute a lot more but just didn't get the playoff time, you know, the, the play time. So, obviously, we got Andre Drummond last week taking shots, uh, you know, at the coaching staff, and now this week you got Montrez going to Drew League and doing his thing and, you know, making comments like finally get some run in L.A. So, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, we can tell that, you know, the players were not happy with the way they were used. And I think it has a lot more to do with the setup of what was needed against, uh, you know, being being playing small ball against Phoenix. The way I look at it is, you know, you got to bring in some new people. You know, today there's a lot of talk about will the Lakers go back and, you know, get Lonzo. Uh, is that a potential possibility? You know, obviously we're hearing about Dinwiddie and potentially, you know, in a trade. Uh, I think, you know, all of this talk is exciting because it just shows that we're back to, uh, you know, we're getting close to needing and wanting to talk about trades and free agency. But ultimately, I think what we need is we need some shooters and we need some better guard play. And, you know, I don't think that Schroeder is the guy for us. All these guys had opportunities to really show their value when our two superstars were down, and they just couldn't do it. Now, of course, you know, when AD and LeBron are healthy, it makes the game a lot easier for everybody else. But I think, you know, Schroeder and, uh, you know, the guys who are unhappy, you know, they should go. Let's bring some guys who are hungry. Let's bring some guys who really want to win. And let's bring some guys that actually fit, you know, what we need to do. So, you know, I'm excited about all of these talk and see who really is going to actually end up being a Laker in about three months. Yeah, Lee, I don't know, Jacob, if this is even realistic possibility, but, you know, why the hell not? Let's just play the uh, fantasy angle of all this. Um, what about Chris Paul? If the potential of Chris Paul being out there in the open market and wanting to play with LeBron James, one of his close friends, and, and come play for the Lakers, a team he wanted to play for, if not for a trade that was axed by David Stern years and years ago, if that opportunity presented itself, do you like that approach or you think they got to go younger? No, you know, I like the approach. I like the approach even last year when people were talking about, you know, do the Lakers want to go get him? I know a lot of fans may not like bringing, uh, bringing Chris Paul, but I think Chris Paul showed 
what a leader he could be when he was traded to Oklahoma City and actually brought him into the playoffs and single-handedly, you know, won a lot of games. And I think he could bring the same thing to the Lakers. You know, the way I look at it, Jordan, is the fact that we got LeBron for another year to two at a high level. You know, you have to set up your team to win now. And, you know, when LeBron actually decides that he's going to go into the sunset, which doesn't sound like it because yesterday he was talking about four or five, six years, he still thinks he can play with the Lakers. At that point, you're going to have the cap room to go bring other people. But I think you need to win now. And I think the Lakers should bring another superstar, somebody else who could be a difference maker. It's very easy to fill up the you know rest of your roster with people that are going to be the utility guys, people who are there are going to do the dirty work, they're going to hit the shots. But, you know, NBA is a top-heavy league, and if you can ever get your hands on another guy who can be a difference maker, I think you go for it. I don't know what you guys think. Well, yeah, I I think that uh, you do go for a guy that can make a difference. And to speak to LeBron, and I read that, I want to finish my career here. If it's four, five, six, seven years, let's let's cut bait. There's a point where that's enough, LeBron. That, you know, thank, thanks for floating that out there. Greatly appreciated. No, you, you, you know what that does. We, we've all seen what that deal does with Kobe. Yep. And, of course, Kobe yep. was injured, but we, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. So thanks for floating it out there. But you know what? Let's just uh, let's just harpoon that right now. You know, but you yeah. know what? You guys know what he wants to do. He wants to play with his son. Yeah, that this is what yep. this is all grooved towards. Yep. He wants he wants yep. to be a guy that can play with his son, a la Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr., um, which would be awesome to watch and great for the family. I just don't know if that's the move. Uh, if the Lakers find themselves in a spot to where LeBron is still here at that point, and they're sort of grooving what they're going to do in the draft uh, around pleasing LeBron, <laughs> I, I think we've gone too far down the river. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think ultimately I would like to be able to think that what he said there is that he loves L.A. so much that he loves the organization and he said that and he'd like to finish his career here and he is fully, fully in with the Lakers. And we know how much of an influence he has in in bringing other players in. So, you know, let's, let's hope that that's what he meant and that he understand when it's time to, you know, just kind of lace him up and, you know, allow the Lakers to bring in the players that will take him into the next generation. But right now he is here. I still feel if the Lakers were healthy, they'd be in the finals. And, you know, we just got to be healthy and bring some more hungry guys around that actually fit what we're trying to do. Get some shooting. I mean, if we would have had shooting, I think it would have bailed us out of a lot of those situations. And I think that's what they need to look for. They need to get some outside shooting. Uh, Jacob, before we let you go, you always share information with our listeners, and we really appreciate it. We always talk about Lyft and Uber accidents and what you should do if you're a passenger. How important is it if you're a passenger in a Lyft or an Uber accident, and so many people are taking them again, uh, to call you or to call an attorney if you're involved in that? Well, I, I just feel like it's important to always talk about Lyft and Uber because it's really become a way of life, Fred. And I think you are all taking them. And I think it's important for people to understand that the thing that Lyft and Uber accidents give is protection to people who are injured because they have a million-dollar policy for somebody who's injured. You know, for 25 years, my heart breaks when I have a real serious injured client, but the person who hit them only has the California minimum of $15,000, which means that they can barely even pay for their medical bills, and they are really out of luck. So the thing that we want, you know, the listeners to know is that if you're involved in an Uber or Lyft, you know, accident, you have 
a lot of opportunities to become well and be made whole. And one of the things that we're very proud of is we were one of the first to actually dive into the Uber and Lyft cases. And now a couple of years later, we have so many seven-figure million dollars and up settlements that you know, we actually can show our clients our success, which is really important in terms of any professional you hire. So the advantage of making sure that you hire the right attorney and making sure that you do hire an attorney and you don't procrastinate is to make sure to protect yourself. And for our listeners, they're, they're great. We get a lot of people calling us and thanking us. I mean, just yesterday, a gentleman by the name of John Richardson, I told him I'm going to get a shout out. Big, big listeners of your show, you know, called us for an accident and they spent over an hour on the phone with him and he was just thankful what we do every Tuesday and give knowledge. So we just want people to know how to protect themselves and we're here for the listeners, especially, you know, the ones who actually want the help. All right. Well, Jacob, thanks for coming on. Great stuff as always. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. I love being on with you guys and I hope you have a great weekend. Awesome. Thanks, man.